is Who You Know with Dmitry Samarov. Today I share a conversation with Mallory Smart about her forthcoming book, I Keep My Visions to Myself. Enjoy. Oh, I'm drinking my coffee and it's still not warm enough. Fuck. What? Oh, yeah. oh, was was it, you were just warming it up? Yeah, okay. that's cool. You okay, you okay with the... Not warm coffee. Oh, look at that. It's warm, I, I, but it's like not hot, you know. I think it's snow outside. I know it's snowing outside because my cat keeps trying to catch the snowflakes through the window. Nice. It's it's going to be a white Christmas. <laughs> so, yeah, we're... For the, for the viewers and listeners at home, we're recording this on, ho- on the morning of Halloween. I mean, this is fun. I mean, I love when it actually snows on Halloween because it really fucks with other people's plans, and you get to see who the toughest children are. <laughs> yeah, I th- I think mo- I think the majority of people uh, got their Halloween shit out of the way over the weekend. There's so many people in costumes over the weekend, but uh... I did too. But I don't know if like kids did yet. So we're testing them. This is a Hunger Games for them. <laughs> Hunger Games for you know, the the children of of today, <laughs> especially because you know, like I don't know, when I was a little kid, it actually snowed a few times during Halloween, yeah. and it sucked massively to put a winter coat <laughs> over oh, your costume. <laughs> over the costume you'd agonized over for months. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, no one could see it now, and that's why my mom would never buy us costumes. She'd be like, "Get creative, make your oh, own really? costume." What what's what's would you say is the best costume you ever came up with? Hmm. I'm not gonna lie, I did a pretty badass vampire once. I know yeah. it's not very creative at all. Was it I just like with a with a cape and stuff, or? Oh, or I what, I went out. Much? I got like you know fake blood and everything. Yeah. I, I had fun with it. I even carried my own stake. Mm. Oh, so somebody could kill you? Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. It's time. <laughs> like kill me now. As I'll be you. That's a very self-sufficient, helpful vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a monster, but this is how you this is how you take care of me. <laughs> how I old know. were you when you did that one? <laughs> I want to say, oh my god, I just immediately remembered the most creative but horribly problematic <laughs> costume I Sweet. did. The, that, first, uh, yeah, how old were you when you were the vampire? Um, let, let, let's say maybe like seven. Okay, awesome. That's early for, for, with a steak. That's pretty good. So what was the problematic costume? <laughs> oh my God. I, were I you Hitler? So Come funny. on, were, were you Hitler? No, <laughs> no. It's an appropriation situation. Oh. Okay. Uh, this is how you know that like I came from an all white Catholic school and were you michael jackson <laughs> oh thank god no but it, it wasn't good still okay. <laughs> um my friend and i decided that we were going to be cholos oh wow yeah i know yeah we were 13 <laughs> that wasn't good Cholo, so you like have like flannels buttoned up to the top button or something or like yeah and uh, like jeans were boxers kind of hung out uh-huh. I got in trouble because I stole my brother's boxers. Um. Bandanas? Or... 
Yeah, it, it, it really thing. wasn't a very nice. How old are you for that one? I, I'd say thirteen, okay. probably, so <laughs> maybe prob twelve. How did how did that come about? How how was that? Well, was that was it something you'd seen? You know, it's so weird, but I want to say around that time, some of the most popular music was like a lot of hip hop and rap, and Lean Back was huge. What's Lean Back? You never heard the song Lean Back? I don't know it. I'm... We come on, Mallory. I'm old. <laughs> I miss stuff. What 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 is Lean Back? I mean, it, it's by uh, Fat Joe, Remy Ma. Like it, it it's a hip hop rap song. Yeah, no. As I'm looking at it, I'm realizing that I may might have been 14. Okay. Well, it was, yeah, in June 1st, 2004, it says. Yeah. So you were 14? You know, I, I really have to, like, imagine, yeah, I was 14. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> this is the era, though, like, I, I don't want to keep, like, defending, because I'm saying, like, it was so problematic, I would never do that today, and... That was Don't also defend. the era, though, of like watching like American Pie and Superbad and shit like that. Mm -hmm. A, you were a kid. B, you know, like yeah, I I'm super not into this thing of like punishing people for a stupid shit they did when they were children. You know, <laughs> like you're a child, and also, I mean, this is it, it's imitation, which you know, as we know, famously is. The sincerest form of tra of flattery, right? I'd like to think so, because it's not like we were doing it in a mean way. It was one of those like we fucking love the song. Yeah, yeah, maybe it wasn't in the best taste, but you weren't like making fun of of people of other races, you know? Like no. you were imitating them. You thought they were cool, you know? It, it definitely was a thing. I want to think like uh, I'm trying to imagine like music history and everything and suddenly I want to say maybe like in the 90s suddenly being black was cool and everything and slowly then being Mexican was cool and everyone kept imitating that it's so horrible no being black has always been quote-unquote cool in America except for actually being black you know it, basically like yeah imitating being black you know I mean so so much of American culture comes from African-Americans you know just reading in the Britney Spears memoir about how she hated that Justin Timberlake always acted like he was black, and it was really embarrassing. Oh, you're reading that? Oh, I finished it. All right. Wow. That was, that was a one-day read. Was it good? It was one of those, like, oh, my God, the gossip she's spilling. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's really all Cause it was. Because she, she talks about all the, all the guys she was with and stuff? Uh, she only really talks about two. Oh. Um, the one who was the dancer, and then... Justin Timberlake. Uh, oh, uh, Federline? Yeah, that one. I can't one. believe I remember that. The That's one who me. was like the dirtbag yeah. kind of looking guy. The one she, she was married to him, right? Yeah, and the yeah. one that she had kids with. Mm. But other than that, she just talks a lot about the conservative conservatorship. Mm -hmm. That's how you say it. Yeah. I was going to say like half the book is devoted to that, but I didn't realize that she was under it for like 13 years. Yeah, long ass time. Well, you know, <laughs> when you won the golden ticket, why why would you ever let it go, right? Those <laughs> fucking people are milking that, you know? Oh, it seems like they milked that for 
a very good and long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it'll be curious to see if she ever, like, resurrects an actual career mm. out of all that. At the, uh, what survives. The book, she was saying that she doesn't really have any interest in doing a comeback. Right. That's yeah. not surprising. I mean, yeah, there's many, you know, people that have gone through that even le a lot less than she did, you know? They're fucking over it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wanna... I guess she was forced to perform a lot, even though she just didn't feel like she could. And it's like, okay, I get it. Which, look at that. I, I found a segue. <laughs> Congratulations. I was thinking that was going to be it, too. Yeah. I was just like, bring up Britney Spears. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Good job. You you brought, you, you, fed, you like, put me down the, the path. So it, <laughs> it, it feeds into one one of the themes of the book we're we're here to discuss we're, we're actually here for a topic <laughs> which is your forthcoming book uh, which was announced today and it's called i keep my visions to myself forthcoming from with an x press mm -hmm. pre-order now will not ship until mid-december that's the are you looking at the like website yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, no, that's that's why we're late starting. I had to, I had to memorize all that copy. <laughs> like I, I, I just like the way you were saying it. You sounded like you know when you used to have to like call a movie theater to get the times. Yeah. That's what you sounded like. That that's right. Yeah, Fast Times at Freddy's at five o'clock, seven p.m. and eight fifteen. <laughs> Rated R. That's <laughs> exactly how you said I was just like, all right. <laughs> That's right. You thought this was going to be a conversation about your book, but it's just going to be an infomercial. <laughs> oh, that'd be so much more interesting, yeah. <laughs> you'd, you'd prefer that? <laughs> Go and infomercialize my book. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could have... You could put out an audio book, but just do it with a robot voice, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, like Siri will narrate your book or, <laughs> I already have it where, um, on Twitter, you obviously, you know, you went back off social media, but I actually did a ghost face announcement oh, yeah? for my book with the short synopsis and everything. That was fun. See, we went a little almost robotic, but yeah. What was it? Was it like, do you like scary books? <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I did a whole, like, I want to say it's a minute and 30 seconds of, like, ghost face popping in here. And I give the, like, synopsis of the book and saying that you should pre-order now. And then also, like, this was an entirely unnecessary version <laughs> to get you to pre-order. But, you know, do it anyways. <laughs> So how did how did this book uh, start? Like, what what was the uh, impetus or what's the inspiration for this book? How did it um, happen? Lord, that's actually a very long thing. We got we got nothing but time. <laughs> we do. Um, I was doing a podcast interview a while back about the only living girl in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I think I already told you a little bit about this. Yeah, but not not the millions of listeners of my podcast. They haven't heard, so you got to share. <laughs> <laughs> the interviewer began asking about what got me into the writing and publishing and everything. 
and it caused like a huge moment of like self-reflection but then they like quickly like skipped to another question as I was like answering that one and I was like oh fuck like I, I really fully wanted to answer that but it's a oh, really you could, tangled story <laughs> you couldn't do it in the moment or or you didn't feel like you didn't I feel just, like, like taking the time I kind of like sort of was like oh okay this is a bit of a long story and then like I kind of like started and they're like oh, all right and then they like just skipped and I was like whoa I was still oh they oh they didn't act like they wanted to really hear the whole story yeah basically well this is this is your lucky day I do <laughs> I do want to hear this story. <laughs> okay so you know it's actually fairly all over the place good <laughs> But my, uh, my favorite type of story. <laughs> honestly, the, the short answer of what made me want to be a writer or whatever is nothing. I, I did not make a conscious decision to do it. I have no idea what success as a writer looks like or what it would feel like. Um, but after that question, I did start to go back to my Tumblr. I know, millennial here. <laughs> when did you start your Tumblr? Uh, I want to say maybe like... 2010 yeah uh, i i actually weirdly enough still have a tumblr uh i, I never i haven't posted i checked the other day for uh, for some reason i wanted to see who i was following no but there's several accounts that are still on tumblr that i like so i um, keep it for that uh i haven't posted what's up mine is still up yeah <laughs> Yeah, I haven't uh, posted anything, and I scrubbed every entry off in, in 2013. Why'd you scrub every entry off? Because that's what I do when I quit things. The the same way, you know, I, I deleted, you know, my Instagram and everything's gone. I didn't pause it. I, you know. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like I like closing the door after myself after, on my way out, you know. <laughs> I, I like keeping the door open where it's like if someone wants to look back and I mean and that's kind of what I did yeah. is and I started looking at like the difference in my writing then the difference in it like now and then I was like really young and not giving a fuck <laughs> I mean I was somewhere in between like hanging in the front lawn of a Denny's parking lot <laughs> Mm -hmm. playing like with the mandolin and talking about beat literature with friends mm -hmm. or living in a crappy studio right next to Wrigley Field mm -hmm. where the same friends would come and watch movies, film movies, play music and go hardcore deep into writing. I want to say this around the time that I got my first typewriter, but honestly, it was when I was like doing the film segment at one point where I actually met the person who made me want to get into writing. And it's not that person exactly, but I was doing a short film and this dude was a fucking mess. Mm -hmm. And I later found out that like he was doing meth in my bathroom <laughs> and just pounding vodka because I found the whole bottle later and I was like, dear God. But we got him out of our apartment. But f for some reason, another millennial thing right here, I was so intrigued at this guy's weirdness. I just started Facebook lurking, mm. being like, "What does this guy do How, when he's not being weird?" When he had you met him through friends, or like he just appeared in your group, or 
He just appeared in my group. That actually is something that happened to me a lot and still does is that like sometimes I'll just be having coffee or like just hanging out with other friends and someone will insert themselves into my life. Mm. And I Facebook stalked this guy a little bit and he became constantly just rambling about alt lit. Mm-hmm. People like Heiko Julian and Steve Rogenbach and all people who are kicked out of the lit world now. Right, yeah, they they were asked to leave, I guess, or or you know had left. It's it's a wonder how yeah. There's a few of them that are still kicking around and some, well, or have enough money and lawyers to restore their reputations. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That, that that's why I know no no missteps, Mallory. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> you get this one chance. You you won't have a bunch of a team of fixers. <laughs> to, I I am not a trust funder. No. To 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 pay off to pay off people you've offended, <laughs> or or wronged otherwise. Yeah. And it is actually part of that that also like caused the writing of the book and everything because like one I was realizing holy shit like. I don't write like that anymore. I don't have that friend group anymore where like writing was not taken seriously at all. We were just fucking around with it. Mm. And then also I have a constant anxiety of I am just one bad tweet away from losing everything. Mm. Huh. So that, that, so like in the intervening years, you feel like you've, you're, you're the kind of writing or, and because you become a publisher and things, like it's become more of a professional or different kind of relationship? I would say I censor myself quite a bit more. And also I have more purpose, I think. And that's something that I never did before. I, I would just like write with pure emotion uh-huh. back then. And now I'm actually paying attention to storylines and intent. Um, but I guess that was what happened with this book is – I was just kind of, th- this book was pretty emotionally driven, <laughs> yeah. is that I was coming from that standpoint of, I am constantly facing anxiety from like, because, I know it sounds so like, egotistical, but because I've actually started getting more successful with the writing and the publishing and the podcasting, and everyone's always sending me books to review, and yeah. people are always wanting to interview me and all that shit, where I was just like, holy fuck, like the pressure is on, yeah. and I just, yeah, that's why I decided I wanted to write a book about someone dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, so, just to backtrack a little bit, so the, the previous book, uh, The Only Living Girl in Chicago, I remember you sort of being a little bit frustrated that people would conflate your hero and you, that, that it just came from your life. Like, were you concerned with, that kind of thing with this one? Um, not really, because I, I don't know. It, the main character, Stevie, one, she's from a different generation, which is fun. And two, I don't know. She, she's just not who I am, other than she just has the same fear that I have. Huh. I mean, I I couldn't imagine it. I mean, I did not grow up that way. I don't have friends like that. The the only way that I'll say that her and I are alike and, you know, going with the same fear of, do I really want to do this? Am I trying to do this professionally? And 
what is the backstory? Am I trying to like do this because I want to do it? Or is it something that someone forced on me now? Is I guess we kind of speak the same way, but how, how could you not when you're an author? And it's like, you write how you talk. Mm. What, uh, I, w I guess, I guess I didn't, I missed that or I didn't catch that. What generation is she? Is, is, is Stevie? She's 26, so she straddles the line, I guess, oh, right. between Gen Z and millennial. So she, yeah, she's a little younger than you. Uh, what was, oh, that was another thing. Yeah, so for, for the listeners at home, I guess, uh, can, can you give like a brief, like a whatever elevator pitch synopsis of uh, what, what the book, what your book is? Ooh, do you want me to read the thing I had Ghostface read, or you want me to read yeah. the short thing on the website? <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, what's is it, what? What do you prefer? It's your choice. Read the Ghostface one. Okay, wait. Where did Ghostface go? He was <laughs> recently deleted. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Okay, I found it under the recently deleted. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you tried to scrub it. See, I, I'm not the only one who throws shit out. <laughs> see, I just do that in my notes because I like to like be efficient there and see what I like need to do immediately. If I already am done with it, then I was like, I don't need you anymore. That's how I feel about old websites and old, you know, social media platforms. <laughs> like I, I have Halloween fall plans right underneath it. And it's like, oh, okay, I've been there, done that. So I don't need that list anymore. <laughs> okay, so what what did Ghostface say about your book? <laughs> I'm not gonna say it in the exact no, way no. that Ghostface said. <laughs> no, say it. Say it as yourself. <laughs> um, I would say I keep my visions to myself is a quirky, offbeat exploration of identity, creativity, and the human experience of one musician during a week that can define the rest of her life. This is so fun, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Through humorous surrealism and emotional depth, we follow Stevie Fisher, a 26-year-old musician raised by an overbearing single mother who is obsessed with Fleetwood Mac and the musical career that she could have had if she never got pregnant. Stevie typically spends her days working at a record store and her nights playing at gigs with her band, but she has just been offered the chance to go on tour. During entertaining wanderings and thought-provoking conversations, she grapples with the idea of success and what to do with it. Continue on the road that her mother paved out for her that could lead to fame, but with higher expectations, or live a simpler life without stress with the people she calls her tribe. End pitch. <laughs> okay. I, type, typing in my, uh, my credit card number right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's your Venmo? <laughs> I was uh, I was at a I was at the one of the reasons uh, got started a bit late was I, w I went to the empty bottle last night and there was a I, I just remember that there's a merch table and everybody now is you know federally required to have their Venmo QR thing you know displayed because mm -hmm. that's how people pay people now. That's how I've always done it. <laughs> Even before Venmo? Oh, yeah, okay. Before then, I used Elon Musk's pet uh, PayPal, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, a, yeah, I mean, PayPal owns Venmo. Does it really? Yeah. A yeah, lot. it does. <laughs> so, I don't know, you can't even keep up with this shit. Yeah, you can't win. <laughs> just one is better designed and fun. 
No, I mean, it's just, Venmo is just the mobile phone version, you know, of PayPal. PayPal just looks boring. I mean, they have a mobile app, but it's just boring. You don't get to send emojis. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> don't you love my reasoning? You can't show emojis, Dimitri. You can't say why you sent the money. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would never in my life occur to me. But I have i don't think – I've only received Venmo payments. I don't know that I've ever sent one. Well, you need – you pretty much have to have a mobile device to do it, a Venmo. Uh, so I, I could do it, uh, you know, if I plug in my uh, my old shitty iPhone I have for Square payments. Or I could do it off, off my iPad, I guess. But yeah. I've never had occasion to. And I, I would have considered it yesterday, except I didn't like, I didn't end up liking the band that I was there to see. So I didn't buy the record like I would otherwise. I try to do that when I can. That's what, you know, they suck in your opinion, then don't support them. Yeah. Um, so in, like in, uh, I mean, it doesn't say this really explicitly in the book, I don't think, but like, does Stevie's band, uh, it, maybe it does, uh, do they have a record out or a recording out? They have They, they have one. Have they have, they have a single. They, oh, they only have a single. Okay, it's not a whole record yet. I mean, they have songs that they play live, but it's it's that single. Yeah, the one single is out. Yeah. And the pressure is to record an album and then go on tour, right? Yeah, pretty much. And who is who is inviting them to go on? Who is? You know, I never actually specified that in the book, but I mean. I would say a manager or something. Right. Well, why why didn't you do you think uh, specify like some of the other conditions to why she was in this quandary of whether to go on on tour or have her like low key record store life continue? I wanted to go less into like what her actual employment was and also less into who's pushing her into this, and I wanted it to be more about her actual like inner debacle mm. so it's one of those what do i want and i didn't want to focus on anyone other than like the impetus like the mother who first started to like really push her and kind of no one else like just her the band and the mother just like that fun trifecta of expectation <laughs> and was that like do you feel like the, you had any of that to draw on from like from from your life like like the you do you feel like an external pressure like that not maybe not from your mom but like from somebody uh honestly i just feel the pressure from myself i i mean i don't think i really have any friends who are like push it man i push it harder like <laughs> take it to 11 like yeah. No, I, I don't really have any friends like that. But, I mean, I do know what it's like to, like, live life, like, with a lot of pressure and expectations. So, but that's under different circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. I, I recently found out I have stress dreams. I didn't know that that's what they were. I have high school stress dreams. I don't know. I guess it's a common one. 
Oh, like like waking up. That like one I I used to have is like where you wake up and suddenly it's like the end of the school year and you realize you've missed all the classes. Yeah, or you suddenly can't there or, was a course that you're supposed to be taking the whole or you time. Can't, or you can't find the room or something. Like you're wandering the hallway of the high school and you can't find the room. I think those are super super common. You know. Yeah. And, uh, I and your like teeth have fallen out. And your teeth oh, have fallen out. <laughs> but the high school dream is a pressure dream because it's one of those like it's the first time really, typically for most people, where they're feeling the high pressure as to what am I doing with my life? Right. Yeah. There's there's some sort of consequence to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're not a carefree child like in the days of Tumblr. <laughs> the tumblr days are fun yeah what did, what what would you put on the on your tumblr what was your tumblr um about? i i did a lot of uh i i can't believe i i'll admit it i did a lot of poetry and i made a lot of macros that's what they were called back then now they're just called memes and most people don't even macros. use memes anymore now they just use like tiktok shit or gifs uh -huh. uh, macros were pretty so it's like text then. with a short video or, or text what? with like a fun image an image yeah i mean i would say it came somewhere in between like the uh template memes of like you know like bad luck brian or conspiracy keanu and then with like the weird ass memes we see now like it was like your own blank slate you could put whatever you want that's what you did mostly on, on Tumblr? That, um, I would do it in, like, weird, like, wax poetic kind of ways. Yeah. And, yeah, I also did, like, silly collaborations with friends and then just wrote, like, weird-ass th thoughts. I mean, I treated it as, like, half experimental writing, half diary. Mm. Yeah. So so what? how long were you on there on Tumblr? When was that, like, the... Was that, do you feel like that was like the main thing, the main outlet for a bit? I would say that, and, you know, I, I definitely did do a lot on Facebook, but by the time all the baby boomers got on there, I yeeted on out. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about, you. Were, I think you mentioned 2010 before or something like that. Is that about the era or like earlier? I would say that like maybe... I'd, I'd have to see when I actually created it because it's the same thing with Twitter where it's like I, I created it far before I actually really used it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I was on Twitter, I can tell you, uh, from late 2007 until the beginning of 2015. I got a Twitter because a very tall Turkish-Bulgarian guy insisted that I get it and I was like, fine. Those, those but I had people, no the, idea. Those, you got to be aware of those types. They're the worst. They'll, they'll stick with you sometimes for the rest for of your life. life. Yeah. Yeah. That'll happen. Wow. They'll kidnap you and be like, we're going to Egypt and getting married. And it's, it's a cautionary tale. Not to, totally invented. It never happened to anybody we know, but luckily. They start off with like, you should get a Twitter, then they're buying you a Steve Jobs autobiography. Not autobiography. It's by the same guy who just wrote that Elon Musk book. And then next thing you know, you're actually on Twitter writing shit. <laughs> <laughs> Seen so, it a million times. It's a hazard. Safety risk, people. So, yeah, this, 
stop being coy. Like, you're now a husband forced you onto Twitter. <laughs> In what, what, so what, what, time, what, what year was that? You said, but I forget. I will look on Twitter right yeah. now if it yeah. actually, unless Elon Musk fucked with it. Well, um, yeah, he's changed everything, so. I joined April 2009. Oh, okay. 2000, and, but, and at that point, when you joined Twitter, you were already on Tumblr. Did Tumblr already go by then, or? Tumblr was still there. Yeah. So you were on Tumblr. I'm going to go on Tumblr right now to see, like, what my earliest post was. No, no, this is interesting. Well, because it places, you know, the the kind of activities, even though, as you said, uh, your, your main character is younger, you consider her a different generation, kind of. Uh, it's... It, this is sort of like the jumping off point, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it, it's interesting to me. I mean, like, I'm looking at my Tumblr right now, and I can see that I even took pictures, like, from my Wrigleyville apartment and, like, would write poems about that shit. It, and so the, and that's about that same time, 2009 or? 20? This would actually be 2014 Oh, 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 it's a lot later, okay. So it would appear that I've been on Tumblr, like I, I hovered around it for a while. Yeah, and I assume you've long abandoned it, right? <laughs> Tumblr. Yeah. Most, most people have. <laughs> I, I think my last post was like years, like many years ago. Yeah. Because I had just discovered it like right after. Wow, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at a horrible thing where I said I was Kafka-esque. <laughs> <laughs> This is well. This this is how people, you know, this is a horrible thing where like somebody that's suddenly famous, you know, so, some asshole goes through their whole history of their social media and finds some embarrassing thing and like needles them with it or torments them or possibly even, you know, like it's kind of cringe. I might actually have to do the Dimitri thing and just. <laughs> Yeah, well, good, good. If 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 I've inspired anything, yeah, it is it's good to clean up after yourself, you know, like exactly. Uh, but uh, it, it's not. That's not what I'm here for. I'm not here f to bust you on your questionable choices of your youth, you know. <laughs> but isn't that almost like exactly what the book is about? In a way, in a way. Yeah, the the part uh really the the parts that were most affecting for me didn't have anything to do with the music or anything. It was when there was a scene outside of uh Stevie's house when uh, they come back from the bar with her new friend Claire and they have this conversation with, with on the lawn I think or outside the house. They don't go in the house. Yeah, they're with Finn the DoorDash guy. And they're talking yeah. about art and life. Like, that to me is like the, the whatever. If it's not the high point, it's sort of like really the, like the key to the whole book, that scene. That it's so funny because I love hearing how other people, like, pick where, like, yeah. the key is. Yeah. So why do you think that was the key? I, well, th those are the, the relationships, the, the, the unclear relationships between the characters are what interested me the most. Like to me, the the music stuff was a lot less interesting to me and less fleshed out. Mm -hmm. Like earlier, I was asking about like 
the details of like who to who's putting them on tour and stuff and also uh i mean the the drummer is mentioned and the names of the band members are mentioned a couple of times but we don't find out anything about them we find out that the drummer looks good with a shirt off i think uh <laughs> But you don't really give you something. Yeah. We don't know much about the band really. Uh what we do know is uh the most is Stevie's relationship kind of nebulous, undefined relationship with this guy Finn who is who works well, he pretends to work at DoorDash. He doesn't seem to be working much <laughs> ever. Uh, <laughs> and uh this coworker Claire who appears in her life suddenly. As I said, inserts herself in her life. I, I have that happen to me a lot. This the, this is the from taken from life. Claire yeah. is the from life uh, person. I had to actually uh, warn Claire Hopple about that because it's one of those things that where it wasn't that wasn't her. <laughs> it felt so awkward because oh, yeah. uh, she wrote one of the few books that actually had a character named Mallory. Oh, really? And I was like, shout out. I'm going to give like a character named Claire. Oh. I feel like it. Oh, you're re re either reciprocating or paying paying back? <laughs> it was like a fun reciprocation where I was just like, I love you. I'm going to do this. And um, I think in the book, like the first time she really heavily inserts herself is when she just kind of like welcomes herself into the apartment with the album Tusk. Mm-hmm. And then I want to say months later, after I wrote the book, I saw Claire tweeting about how much she loved Tusk. <laughs> oh, so you pro you programmed that into her li actual life, you feel like through through know. art through your writing, she she now loves Tusk. Like I I, you I manifested told her, I was just it. like I did I wrote this months ago. That this has nothing to do with your tweet. It's very cool that you like it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Which of her books has a Mallory? The only one I read was the one uh, I worked on the cover for. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't read her other books. Ouch. You know, because the book she does it is a Maudlin House book. <laughs> I haven't read every Maudlin House book. <laughs> How rude. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, we only have like 20 of them. Like, I know. Where are you, Dimitri? And I, I have nothing to less, nothing else to do in my life but sit and read Maudlin House books. <laughs> like I haven't counted them, but I mean, if you're you're a fan of mine, you have to be a fan of my writers. Um, <laughs> oh boy, pack package deal. It's it's what we're done, right? <laughs> I want to say it's actually kind of bullshit because I'm not even a fan of some of my writers anymore too. So. Yikes! I won't say who. No, no, we don't. We don't want to do that. <laughs> but no, it's her book. Tell me how you really feel. Oh, okay. And it's so funny. Like when I accepted it, I was like, I swear to God, it's not because you have one of the characters named Mallory. Like she didn't it, believe it you. It definitely helps me, but it to yeah. it totally was. That's why you accepted her book. Because <laughs> because flatter flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> well, with me, yeah. <laughs> I'll admit it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now anyone who listens to this is just going to start like sending a lot of stuff with characters named Mallory. Sure, it's just going to be it's going to be like being John Malkovich, but being being Mallory Smart. Everybody will have your face in the book, and you know. <laughs> That'd be like such a fun story. I'm sorry, being John Malkovich is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> 
So let, if we're talking about uh, character names, uh, tell me about how some of the other ones came about. I mean, Stevie's obvious because it's after Stevie Nicks, and it even is explained that the mother calls her that after her favorite singer, right? Yeah. Um, what about the other, like, where did Finn come from, for instance? Well, that goes into a personal thing right, right there. Um, I actually told Belant maybe, like, years ago that I wanted to name, like, if we ever have a kid and it's a son, I want to name him Finn. And Boo's like, no. Really? I know. He has other picks, and I'm like, no. So we might not have kids based on that entirely. What does he want? Belant Jr.? <laughs> you want to cringe. No, he, no. Honest to God, likes the name Leonidas. Leonidas. I know. It's a king of men. I was going to say, like, Leonidas was a king, right? Yeah. And it's like, Who is we it? don't need a Leonidas smart in this world. <laughs> What, oh, oh! You are is is so is are you are you is Belant taking your last name too? Oh no, he's keeping his last name. We just decided that our kids, if we the, the hypothetical kids, we have no idea. I'm 33, Dimitri. So, but they'd have the last name Smart. Leonidas Smart, Murad, Murad Smart. No, just Smart. <laughs> just smart. Oh, interesting. Why did you? How did, how did you guys come upon that decision? Well, I said it jokingly once, but Belen actually agreed based off of actual real issues. I said it jokingly where I was just like, whoever has the coolest last name gets to keep the last name, and the kids get that cool last name. Oh, and, and what, was, what was his reasoning? Why, why did he agree? Uh, racism. Oh, okay. He doesn't want uh, them to have to deal with, you know, Murad is definitely a foreign last uh -huh. name. And he had to deal with a lot, and he's dealing with it a lot now too. Again, so yay. He, he should change his name to like Bob Moore or something. <laughs> okay, I mean, when we went to Starbucks for the longest time, he actually would just put his name as Bob. Yeah. Now he does Brad. Oh, it's Brad. Oh boy, he's become a full-on bro. Brad's like Brad's the broiest name. It Brad's really is. So every time I have to pick up anything, I'm just like. It's under Brad again, isn't it? He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, except for Brad Pitt, it's it's a pretty bad name. Hey, we're talking about a man who loves Brad Pitt, so it's probably where he came up with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, it's just fan worship. It's fan service. <laughs> you know, consider us lucky that it's not Elon, okay? Does he, does he still, is he an Elon apologist? Um, I don't think he's that far, but then again, I mean, we haven't spoken about Elon Musk since Egypt when he brought the big-ass biography. Oh, he got that thing? Yeah, and I, I was actually pretty pissed because I was like, do you know how much room in the bag that this is taking? Man, he could have should have just ordered the Kindle version <laughs> or whatever, you know? I know, so like if, if in he's any of my photos you see him reading book, that's the book he's reading. I mean, he's if he's Mr. Tech Bro, how is he still killing trees? Like, what the hell? <laughs> I know. <laughs> For his it, books, it's terrible. I heard. I heard that. I, I read a couple of reviews of that book. It was getting trashed. But but yeah, I don't know. Did he like it? I don't think he's done with it yet. Uh, I read yeah, a couple it's a fat chapters. One, right? It's a it's a big fat one. 
It is a thick one. I think it's actually thicker than the Steve Jobs one, which I was forced to read, not by gunpoint, but by <laughs> the cute boy who asked me out, wants me to read this. I'll, I'll give it a go. Right. It was in the service of romance and love. I would be like, you know, he, he read a lot of stuff that I recommended, and he's like, hey, will you read this? And I was like, I guess this is how we flirt. Okay. Mm-hmm. So speaking of that, so did you guys go to see the Britney Spears, no, uh, T- Taylor Spears Swift movie, whatever her name is, <laughs> Taylor Swift? Uh, no, not yet, but we no. did just buy a monthly subscription to uh, AMC so we could see all the movies in November that we're dying to see. Ah. Because there are quite a few. Yeah, I, I've been doing, I'm doing that movie pass thing. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I think that's what it's called, maybe. No, MoviePass is independent. MoviePass lets you into any theater. Oh, okay. It's well, pretty. It's pretty we did good. Get it for AMC. Yeah. No, I know. I know AMC. Each each of these chains is now starting to do this. Well, because they're the theaters are so empty. You know, they got to do something to get people in. You know. Well, thankfully, I'd say pretty good movies are coming out now, so that's helpful. But I mean, you know, I just actually read that um, Friday Night at Freddy's. Uh, yeah, that's the big hit. Yeah. Which and is crazy. My mind was blown by how much it made and everything because on the exact same day it came out, it also dropped on Peacock. I didn't even mm. know it was in theaters. Oh, it was do- yeah, it was doing both. They were doing that simultaneous thing that they do now. Yeah, so I was just like, holy shit. So probably a shit ton more people probably saw that. That's weird, yeah. It's a movie based on a video game, you know. Is it really? Yeah, it's a video game movie. I found that out. Yeah. Uh, weirdly, to to contrast that, uh, the exact opposite. So like, AMC is like at war with Netflix, so they wouldn't uh, really they wouldn't uh, show the new David Fincher movie. There's a new David Fincher movie called uh, The Killer. Michael mm-hmm. Fassbender, which I saw yesterday, and it's te- no, it's awful. Uh, <laughs> Scratch that one off the list, okay? Well, no, I mean, go see. It's, it's about a killer. I mean, you might like it. I don't know. I hated it. Uh, but the only place I it was. I do have a reputation for liking shitty movies. <laughs> uh, I, I have a reputation for hating popular movies, but uh, that's why we get along. Right, opposites attract. Um. <laughs> It's it's only playing at Landmark, because Landmark is not AMC, you know? Mm-hmm. And, man, what a disaster that movie theater is. It's just a ghost ship. Like, nobody fucking cares. Uh, I was there another time. I think last week I, had to, I went there because I wanted to go see Dix the Musical. I think I texted you about seeing Dix the Musical. Which, yeah, which I got was... that. And then also the, I'm reading your book too. And I was like, how's oh, that yeah, contrast? Yeah. Oh yeah, I was in the theater with with, with the uh, iPad uh, waiting for the movie to start. And I'm sitting there reading your book, reading your book, and I look up and it's 15 minutes after the showtime and the fucking movie hasn't started. So I go out in the lobby and the, you, guys, you get these kids, you know, who work there. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then suddenly the, the you know, the, the, the auditorium goes dark and you see them fast forwarding through the fucking previews, you know, <laughs> to get because they're already behind schedule. That's how much of a ghost ship is. 
that that place has got to be some kind of like tax shelter, tax write off for some you know billionaire. Because there's be just a drug den. there's just no way that that theater makes money. You know, there's just no way. I don't know. Uh, it's a bummer because stuff like that, like some things. Uh, well, in the case of the killer for me, it was not a good thing. But um, some things get dumped there, you know, and that's the only place you can see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but that one I didn't. Fortunately, I didn't pay for either because that was the movie of the week for that streaming service movie that I have. Movie's really good. They've started putting out movies, but one of their new things is. You can download their app and you get a free movie every week in a theater, mm-hmm. you know, with an That's app. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So K- The Killer was the the movie movie of the week. I just <laughs> I love the way it sounds. Movie movie. It's hard to say. It's a That's what's t- fun about it. The movie movie of the week. Movie movie, yeah. Movie does a lot of good stuff. I mean, it'd be better if it was of the month. Be more alliterative. Yeah. Mubi, Mubi is actually a certain. I mean, they've been around for a while, but they've grown a lot in the last couple of years. Somebody must have bumped in some money, but because uh, they now release movies and stuff. Uh, but they used to be called the auteurs. They that was that was their thing before they changed to Mubi, <laughs> which is more they thought op- highly of themselves. Oh yeah, well they, it's all like art it's movies. Better than f- me calling myself Kafka esque. It's true. But I get yeah, they got over their growing pains and they became mooby, <laughs> which is kind of fun. It's like a you could you could hear like Homer Simpson saying that or something, you know. It's like it's just watching the treehouse of terror. Yeah, it's uh, like it's like it's like saxophone or something, you know. <laughs> it's just we couldn't find any like fun Halloween chicks that have been watching horror stuff nonstop with you or it's like what do I watch? <laughs> Oh, yeah, you, you burnt out on the horror movies. <laughs> I know. I was just like, oh, my God, I have no idea what to do. And then I was just like, I'm going to watch the Simpson horror things. <laughs> yeah, what are they? They're, how many have they done? Like 30-something? Yeah. I mean, Treehouses of Horror? Yeah, Treehouses of Horror. They do it like once every year or so, probably like 30, yeah. Yeah. Simpsons I don't is, go beyond season ten because yeah. I have no idea what goes on after that. Yeah, they're they're over they're I think what are they into like thirty five or so by now. But I my favorite one I'll rewatch every year is when uh, the aliens kidnap uh, Bill Clinton and Bob Dole, and then impersonate them, mm. and they're like, "You have to vote for one of us. It's a two party system." And one guy shouts out. I'll vote for a third party, and they're like, ha, 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 throw your vote away. Mm. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't throw your vote away. It swings it towards one person or another. It's, it's how we got Bill Clinton, you know? They really did a good job of like, portraying Bill Clinton in that episode, too. You know, Ross. it's thanks to Ross Perot that we got Clinton as president. There is literally one person with a Ross Perot <laughs> sign. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, there were. I, I imagine they still try to be. I mean, they're topical. It's kind of like the same way. Well, a different humor, but South Park is incredibly of the moment. You know, I mean, they mm-hmm. do stuff like from a week ago. It seems like. I mean, I think I've read that they like. I, I saw like a documentary once about like how quickly they pumped those out. Yeah. 
Well, it's such simple animation that it's just a matter of writing a screenplay. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're good. Mm-hmm. I like we both have like kind of sniffle morning voice thing going on. A little on. bit, yeah. A little yeah. bit. Yeah, it's such a yeah, yesterday was a was a washout for entertainment wise for me. Like the movie sucked and then the band I was looking forward to seeing wasn't good. Uh, oh, that just Oh for yeah. two. Was the book good at least? The book was a mixed bag. Also for me. For okay. me. Mixed bag. That's like, high praise. You know, on your end. <laughs> I like, I like, you know, I like st- it's uh, the the stuff with the the music stuff just never connected for me. Like it seemed like what, and I think I've hinted about this a little bit. The parts that were really affecting to me was the the relationships between mainly between uh, Stevie and Finn and Claire. I mm-hmm. wish there there had been more Claire. And, and uh, I was wondering the, if I should have put more of her in there. And that you'd explored, like, I wanted to know, like, the uh, Finn and Stevie backstory more. Like, it's it's sort of said that uh, they'd known each other forever and she didn't even know how they met. But, like, he was always there. And he's kind of her guardian angel. But I don't really exactly understand how or why they never got romantically involved and it seemed like like that's something that he would have wanted or that's the feeling i get you know this very when harry met sally of you (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) no i I definitely have some guy friends where it's like you know there's definitely always a platonic nature of it and i did have one best friend for a very long time where also one i have no idea like we just kind of knew each other forever and two there was never any romantic interest between either of us. So. Uh huh. So I guess again, that is something I pulled from life. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, th- those are the things like I wish there was more of. I think. With the music aspects, though, I mean, I wrote as much as I could, but as I said, I wanted to keep it one as much in Stevie's head as much as I could, and also I will totally admit. We're talking to a writer here that is not a musician, so mm-hmm. I didn't want to like act like I know how all this shit works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's what that's what I uh, that's the, the feeling I got. Like the more the lived in most lived in moments, or the, the ones that felt like uh, things. Uh, that went deeper were, were these like interactions between the people mm-hmm. whereas the like what their either professions or their like passions were like as far as jobs or what have you or art was wasn't as uh as lived in or as as filled in uh, um you know what i mean i think a big part of the book i wanted was stevie obviously feels alienated suddenly like even like her band i think i make a point of saying that like they're slowly morphing into people she doesn't really even know like they've turned themselves into like a we're here to try and be famous this is a job now and she wants to actually have like a relationship with people that she understands and can actually talk to Mm -hmm. 
And that was a very big thing I wanted to, like, push there. Yeah. I mean, I was told, though. Yeah. And it's funny, because you mentioning that uh, passage, that was actually one of my favorite ones to write. Yeah. Um, But I was told, I I won't narc on anybody in the publishing house, that (laughs) nobody talks that way. It got too academic. Really? Yeah, and I was just like in, well, too academic. I know. I was like, I talk that way with my friends all the time. Like, uh, let me. Yeah, I I know I marked it was page fifty five in the uh, in the uh, PDF. I mean, it probably won't be in the real book, but cause I yeah, I mean, the pages are different the... in the. I assume because it's yeah, it says the book is uh, like two hundred pages or something, but the PDF is one hundred thirty four. Yeah. See if I can find it. Uh, As I pull it up with you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If you might, you may get there quicker. I think it was. I had it at page fifty-five uh, or around fifty-five. Oh. I kind of like skipped heavily, almost to the end. Not bad. Yeah, there's there's conversation about therapists. There's conversation about. Um, ex-boyfriends and uh what was oh the the needle in the haystack uh what 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 were you told was not realistic or that that people don't talk like um a lot of the things that like claire was saying um you got a new uh draft of it but Claire's going far more philosophical and everything but i was really trying to show that she was going through it herself Claire was. Like when she's talking. Yeah, or, I mean, yeah. you could tell, like, in the chapter um, right before it, she she's just spiraling out, wanting to get, like, white girl wasted. And <laughs> that's almost, like, one of the weird ways that that's why I wanted her to end up with Finn because, well, I guess we'll say spoiler alert, he is a steady person and obviously was a steady hand for Stevie that maybe she saw that and was like, you're someone I could lean on. Mm. But um, when Claire's talking about how, like, she's anxious about, like, our place in the world, and then she just starts going into, like, sociopolitical conflicts and everything, that that definitely went a little bit more heavy in the original draft. Oh, really? Yeah. And then, and then you cut back on it because of because of the feedback you got? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are just like, this is a really interesting conversation. And then some people are like, you know what? You're going a little Don DeLillo here. And I was like, oh, I don't see that at all, but whatever. No, no. Yeah, to to me, it's by far the best part of the book, that scene. Like, like far and away, the, the thing that interests me the most. Like, I wish the whole book was like that. And See, I would have loved that. That and I love the uh, hotel scene. Mm. The, so the hotel, like we could talk a little bit about the hotel. Is is the hotel inspired by the the American Horror Story thing, the Hotel Cecil? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, thing. slightly, a little bit. Um, one, I obviously have a huge thing for Art Deco and WPA and stuff like that. Mm. So I liked the vibe. And more than anything, I wanted her to go somewhere that she could just feel like she could disappear. Mm. 
Yeah. Uh, the opposite of Cheers, you know. <laughs> Where nobody knows your name. Yeah, but she she makes she makes a new friend. Who yeah. <clears throat> we got to assume put her in a hotel room so kept watched over her somehow when she blacked yeah. out. Somehow, yeah. But, no, I like but yeah. the fact that like you can make the assumption. I'm hoping other people can make that fun leap as well. Oh, that that the uh, I forget what it was the lounge singer's name. Lily. That Lily put her in the hotel room. Well, I mean, to me, I guess <coughs> I read that whole hotel scene almost like if if not a, a hallucination, but like a it's like a fairy tale kind of scene. <laughs> like where you're, you're not sure if any of it actually happened. Well, she's already pretty buzzed. She's and... drunk from from the dive bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was more drunk. I think it's a, there's a description saying that she, she was wandering the streets and she was more affected by the drink than she thought she was. She expected. Mm-hmm. And then just like the sheer overwhelm and everything, and then finally like seeking refuge in a place and. I don't know if you've ever like done that in a place where suddenly it just becomes a much better thing. It, it's almost like surreal to you. It's just the perfect setting for your mood and how you're feeling and that it just kind of becomes a conduit to your emotions. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think I've ever had that. <laughs> oh. Honestly. But well, I, I mean... May the odds be with you. Maybe you'll find a place. But I also... I mean, I can't remember the last time I got drunk actually drunk drunk you know oh same here i don't do that i don't <laughs> I, really i stopped being interested in that like so long ago like I, I i just found out you know you learn things about yourself i i don't like being out, out of control you know what i mean like for booze or other whatever substances the most i like is to soften the edges a bit you know what i mean yeah like i'll, I'll do like a drink i'm i'm a social drinker like that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And even then, I only have like a drink. Yeah. I think you... it's just because it hits me hard. Right. Uh, good. You're you're a cheap date. <laughs> I've always this... been a very cheap date, so yeah. Well, it's a good way to be. <laughs> it's it, it's it's a it, it it I'm sure it say got you out of trouble you could have gotten into if you weren't. Let's put it that way. You know. Probably. <laughs> Because bad things happen to people who are not cheap dates, you know. Probably. Yeah. Uh, what was that? Man, that was uh, something. We were talking about the surreal aspect of the hotel. Yeah. What was? Uh, yeah. So there was. Where did the the? There's a whole. There's a scene in the in the Cecil Lounge, where. Uh, Stevie is sort of sort of eavesdropping on this guy's phone conversation, uh, which was not making any sense. Uh, where where did where did that whole thing come from? Do you have an inspiration for that? To, well, for the actual phone conversation, slightly, but for her doing it, it was almost like I wanted her to be like totally disassociated. In a way where like one person's talking at her, she's taking in the space and this guy is talking very loudly and like she just kind of can't shut any of it out. Because mm-hmm. I'd like to imagine, I don't know if I kept the name of the guy, his name was Nick. 
I don't know if I kept that in there or not because I. I don't remember him to... have. I don't remember him having a name. You just uh, sort of referred to him as as an agent type in a suit. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um. His name was Nick, and I also had one of those like uh, life or art turning into life situations where I actually had to tell my friend Nick because he actually started saying stuff similar to that on one of my podcasts where I was like, Oh God, not again. Oh, oh, oh. So that, that's probably, that's probably why you, you removed it. You didn't probably thinking that I told them about it. There's a ghoulish character, like a ghoulish character in your book is named after him. So where did, uh, where did Alfie come from? Alfie? I mean, as a boyfriend or as a name? Name. Um, I actually really like the Bleacher song, Elfie song. Oh, okay. See, because I, I can this will date me, but like I was thinking of the Michael Caine movie. Oh, that's a good one. And uh, the one, I think I even noted this, like, to ask you, but like, please don't tell me she's talking about the shitty Jude Law remake. <laughs> Because there's a Jude Law remake of Alfie. I'm aware of that one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like how, like, you know, with Arthur, there's, like, a remake of that, I think, with, like, Russell Brand or something Really? Like they yeah. remade, oh, they, is nothing sacred? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they will fucking remake everything. It's horrible. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if you see the way that Lily is talking and, you know, the way that, like, she's, eavesdropping sort of not even purposely uh -huh. eavesdropping on the agent she's being spoken at she's not really even able to process any of it she's just kind of there and is lost in the moment mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if like you see the way that like suddenly you're just like getting caught back into like oh she just popped back into what lily's saying now and lily's just yeah she's her own shit she's drifting and then the next thing we know, she's woken up in the in some unfamiliar hotel room, and she missed a bunch of calls, and she lost her job, and she's getting back together with her boyfriend. There's a lot of you, you packed in a ton of a ton of um, plot uh, happens off screen <laughs> suddenly. Oh, you resolve everything somewhere like we're not privy to that. <laughs> To all the things that happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, you know, she doesn't totally get back together with her boyfriend. Like, if in the next scene, even she was just like, I don't know what I did. Right. No, but, and you know, the the end of the, the end of the book pretty heavily implies that they're back together, no? Yes, it definitely does. And it obviously shows that Claire and Finn... Are gonna, made a connection yeah, yeah. as well outside of Stevie connecting them. Yeah. Like without her having to be the middle person. Mm -hmm. So, so where does the, where, uh, you, you uh, I asked when I asked about the Alfie's name, where, where does the ex-boyfriend come from as an ex-boyfriend? Is there any special inspiration for him? Um, I mean, I would say that I did date a guy briefly who we did break up over the fact that I drank and he didn't because he was in like a Christian cult mm. at the time. 
But like then he repetitively kept like me- messaging me like years later, like being like wanting to get back together. Mm. So it, it was definitely aspects of that. I mean, I, I've had other people who have like I've dated that it's like we should get back together. We had an amazing connection. And I've, of course, wondered like how it would go. Would it go better? Shit like that. So. Right. So so yeah. were there when you were writing this, were there versions of did you did you always know that they would get back together or were you not? Did you have other versions when they when she like ran away screaming or something? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, for once, wanted to give a somewhat hopeful ending. So I didn't want to totally resolve it, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to give it the fact that like he understood where he fucked up. She understood where she fucked up and they're talking about it at least. Yeah. Uh... And I recently, because when I was in Egypt, uh, Kirstie McKenzie, who started her own Larry magazine, asked if I could write a short story based off of a song. So I actually ended up writing a companion piece uh, to the book from Alfie's point of view. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. And the song I match it to is Telephone Line by ELO. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's and funny. It it's... has him like kind of like he sees like someone with like a yard sale and they're selling like instruments and he's like, "Oh my god, like, you know, just triggering memories." And he does end up at a movie theater where if you then put it all together, you're like, "Oh, that was their thing." That like I'll go to the movie theater and stuff. Yeah, like late night movies and cuz I I've seen a lot of couples have like Almost like a tradition, or like they fall into a routine. Sure, yeah, like you have the the sushi and movie thing. Yeah. Which I I'd never heard of that tradition. I don't know anybody who has that kind of tradition. I mean, you have this thing like where you have like. So, <laughs> as I am someone who just got sushi and went to go see Halloween at Logan Theater. Right. That's 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 what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, I mean, it's funny for me. To be reading this book, I'm, I'm not like an impartial observer, and I'm not like, I'm not the tip, the regular book reviewer or whatever podcaster that just like because I know you, you know. Oh, so I it makes it a lot you. more, it makes it a lot more complicated, you know what I mean, for if me you to know judge in this book too well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it's sort of a I'm in in some ways I'm not the right audience for this book. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I know you. <laughs> and that's actually it's not a good thing i've ha- i have this in my life where family members or f- friends or soon future former friends you know read something i've written and they take it the wrong way you know <laughs> or they they overinterpret you know family members do this oh i love when they do that yeah they think it's you know they're living out the the uh the Carly Simon song, you know? <laughs> they really are. Like, when I wrote The Only Living Girl in Chicago, you have no idea how many family members came at me. Yeah. And I was just like, That's is that... not about you. My one sister took massive offense that I made uh, Zoe's sister. Uh, her name was Kelsey. <laughs> There's a great deal of competition in the smart family, and I have a sister-in-law named Kelsey that my sisters don't like. So. Oh, oh! They wanted your sister wanted you to have used her name or something. 
I think she just took offense that I like picked someone's name that she didn't like. Oh, one of the ones she's feuding with or something. Yeah, one of the many. <laughs> yeah, you you can't. That's that's the perils of the trade. You can't really win with that stuff. But um. But now I've just taken like, I don't know. I I enjoy pissing them off. It's more of a oh, fun thing for me. Yeah. See, see, I don't. I ju I just know it's gonna happen, and I can't help it, and it sucks. Uh, but yeah, I think the goal for any of us, any anybody does. Uh, any kind of art is to reach somebody you don't know. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm hoping for most people. I mean, I will tell you almost everyone else who has gotten a copy of this book do not know me the way you know me. So like, <laughs> right now, like in this podcast, it's going to be revealed that, hey, I love getting sushi and going to see late night movies. If I have a shot to do it, I'll do it. Yeah. And, you know, you, you can definitely find the other personality traits in there that like, oh, okay, I see Mallory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, I would say there's a lot of Claire. There's a lot of you and Claire, you know, <laughs> in a way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I wanted, that's like one, I didn't want to be too closely associated with the main character. Yeah. And then, so you spread yeah. it around, which is what you, what writers do, you know, and they're all going to be parts of you. Of course, there's no way around it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I used to think that like, people who write what they know are like imagination impaired mm. and that's one of those like no y you still need to have aspects of who you are it, it is the only thing you know how can you like be creative without actually like using parts of your own life like how would you know it yeah no i mean there's these trends that you get you get frustrated with you know like auto fiction or whatever but where else do you think any of it comes from it's either something you've lived or something you've seen or heard, you know, you can see, yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, we've discussed this before. I'm, I'm totally against, not against imagination. I just, I really, really, uh, I'm suspicious of it. I mean, yeah. I, I am very, like, I have the highest respect of someone who could just manifest something out of nowhere, but. I guess what I did is I took a lot of random things and then I made something that was completely not something I've ever lived. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, like something that like I took from a conversation that I heard once was uh, when the agent guy was talking about fry mass. Yeah. Right. What, it, what is, what even, what is that? It's Christmas, but you fry everything. Okay. <laughs> So it's like their version of whatever Festivus. <laughs> it was like so. the weirdest thing I'd ever heard someone tell me about. And I was like, I need to spread the word. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, it, I mean, I think the, all, all the best stuff, it comes from life. It comes from listening and, and seeing, you know, mm -hmm. that's how you connect it to other people, you know, exactly. hopefully, hopefully, but yeah. That's what I think anyways. Uh, oh, can you talk a little bit like you had a you had like a bidding war for this book, like the publication, like how how quickly after you'd sent it out to people was was their interest? Yeah, that's an, that was such that's an, an exciting thing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like one, not to humble brag, but I mean, I brag, this. brag. This is All for right. bragging. You're on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll say it. Because I did have one person already tweet about it saying, Mallory wrote this in superhuman speed. And 
it's probably why you could see that's not always as fleshed out, or maybe there should be more going into depth. Yeah. So yeah, how areas. how quickly did you write it? A little over two weeks. Wow. And it was for one reason. Um, I just wanted to get it out of my head. Uh huh. And also, I think you and I have already discussed that I'm wanting to get more like into genre fiction. Yeah. So this is. I'm not saying this is my goodbye to literary fiction. Oh, it's it, it's all it's all vampires and werewolves from now on. <laughs> and seances and all that. You got included all Dimitri. Creepy shit. It's 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 gonna be the the creepy shit uh, phase of the the Mallory experience. <laughs> and, and then one day maybe when Mallory will do her comeback to her to literary fiction. Who knows? <laughs> but. But so, so you wrote it quick because uh, there was. I wanted there was to get a... it out of my head so I can move on to my next project. But uh, so how did uh, you? And then you you got it out of your head and you just sent it to people, sent it to a couple of publishers, or how that work? I made a list of people that I'd like to send it to, and I I know that's the one area where there was someone pushing me, and that was Boo who is saying that, like, just submit it to, like, as many people that you think might be interested, even if you think it's a long shot. And I was like, all right. And, yeah, I, I was shocked that a lot of people were into it. But I will say right here, and I don't think it's something that I, I don't like it when people do it to me because it puts you on the spot. But I kind of messaged the editors first to be like, hey, I'm going to send something to you. Like, people I already know. Why, why, why would you say that's like a bad thing, rather well, than just like slush by, like... rather than just sending it to like an an address? You mean? Yeah, basically, <laughs> where I didn't want to get lost, I wanted them to keep an eye out for it, and mm -hmm. obviously, I wanted them to know that I knew that like if they didn't read it, <laughs> basically. Mm -hmm. So obviously, I, I definitely had my book jump the line for quite a few people. Yeah. And how many people uh, initially were interested? I mean, I don't want to name all the presses because no. But how many? Like how many? <laughs> I, I'll say maybe five, six. Wow. Um, the That's one amazing. that I really wanted, um, they couldn't put it out in time. They were gonna say like, maybe we can get it out twenty twenty five, and they actually did the best. Um, like they already started doing like notes and everything of things I could do to flesh it out actually. Oh really? Oh, they gave you notes. Yeah. So in hindsight, I guess if I wanted the book to be the best book it ever could be, then <laughs> that probably would have been the way to go. But mm -hmm. like I got so many acceptances so fast that I definitely yeah. got a little greedy. Uh-huh. And I messaged good... them and I was just like, should I wait around for you or mm -hmm. should I just Yeah. take one of the bites? Yeah. I know, and, I know yeah. which press you're talking about. I won't say I figured it out, but <laughs> the, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the listeners will have to go to my Patreon that doesn't exist and to find out, <laughs> which yes, is, do that for me too. Me, meaning that they, they will never find out. <laughs> Sorry, Penguin. Me Sorry, Pen Penguin Random House. <laughs> um, okay. You gotta know I'm a Simon and Schuster fan. <laughs> Not really. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever. It's They're it's all the one. Same thing. It's all about to become like one company. They're all like getting consolidated to death. Um, 
so how much would you say how much did the book change from uh you sending those out to how many notes did you get and how much changes did you have to make um you know because I obviously settled with the one press really quickly. Mm -hmm. They said that they'd get notes back to me as soon as possible, and I would say maybe like a couple weeks later I did. Um, not too many notes, not as extensive as the other press, but there were parts of it that kind of pissed me off. Really? <laughs> like some notes where I was just like, okay, one, you're taking Mallory's writing style out, and then two, how dare you hate on this word? that I've used quite a few times and you won't find it much in the book now because every time I used it, they're like, this feels like it's a word that people don't really use. Can and you... that word is pondered. Really? I know. And they're like, this kind of like makes me think of like a teenager writing. Oh. And it's like, what? People ponder I things. Can... I mean, if, if, if you want to get into it, there, there are words that I would have taken out of the book, but they're Ooh. not. I'd love to hear. Yeah, I think it's very fascinating to like that some people feel like certain words are like, yeah. ugh, stop using that word. I think, and um, <clears throat> this this is maybe something from we take from speech, but uh, uh, there's this adverb thing, especially with the word finally. I uh, I, I would have controlled F for the word finally and gotten taken them all out, uh, because yeah, it does. It it feels like. Uh, a placeholder it is i i, I could it's a nerve it's a nerve it's like the way we say like or you know but mm -hmm. yeah I, I i got i get more you know itis than like itis or whatever but everybody has those when you're thinking your mind is going slower than your mouth you know <laughs> kind of thing uh but yeah finally in, there's this adverb thing that happens in the book a lot uh, the, the, the L-Y words, you know, that I don't think are necessary. Like, I, I think it would have... side passively? Or... Uh, there's finally, suddenly... Desperately. Yeah, th those words, yeah. And sometimes they even, they contradict what comes before. Like, there's a, there's a, where she, uh, there's a scene where uh, she's fleeing desperately, and then she casually walk. Uh, cry, walks into a party. Hmm. So there's Which like scene is that? It was a she. She ends up at, in in a party. She's fleeing. Is that a dream or is it? A, it's it's it more towards the end. More to, it's more towards the end. More towards the end. Uh, let's see if I, in my notes if I noted the page number or not. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, I love. Uh... Hearing, yeah, actual, like, actually, there's a lot of actuallys. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I can't, sorry, I can't, I lost it. Uh, you, you could reveal it in the show notes later. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's going to be in the Patreon extras. It's, <laughs> it's going to be in the other solo uh, monologue podcast that I released to the week after I released this one. But uh, no. the other part that um, they had me take out yeah. a lot, and it's something that I did a lot in The Only Living Girl in Chicago, and I think it's just the way I naturally like just write, is I'll kind of have like a narrator's uh, reaction to things where it's like, such is life. Oh, yeah. Oh, like a, they're making like a, some kind of a side or a comment. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I, I don't know. That's just kind of a way I love writing, but mm -hmm. perhaps that is something that pulls people out. I, I don't know. Yeah, the the main the main things that pulled me out was the the adverb thing, and then the the list the uh, full brand name listings, uh, mm -hmm. which is I think we've talked about before. I think it's like a millennial thing, like listing like I the one I flagged really was the natural American spirits. As somebody that that smoked those <laughs> for like a decade, I've never heard anybody call them natural American spirits. <laughs> you know, um, like the full name. That actually comes from. Uh, is that like an in joke or something? <laughs> that 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 is an in joke. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I was hoping I, it I might know be. <laughs> somebody who loves uh, Twin Peaks as I do, but they discovered that David Lynch smokes natural American spirits. So any like a chim like on a like a chimney, like, like that he dude that I think smokes like I think he yeah. just smokes all the time. You know, when he's yeah. not, like, pissing on set, like, he's just smoking like crazy. Or or doing transcendental meditation. <laughs> That's another or it's big really thing. cool art. I, I think the way he paints is very interesting. But, yeah. no, this person I know is always like, I got another thing of natural American spirits. And okay, it's like, so it, it's like yeah. a wink, kind of like the, some of these character names. It's sort of like a in-joke. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, that's... Yeah, the the listing of like well, there's of the brand names of the computers, of the phone, of like you know these kinds of things, kind That's of took so funny would take me out of it. It irritated me in the most recent uh, Stephen King book I read, where he did that a lot too. Yeah, so I I can understand that. Well, it starts to feel like product placement. Like, like, are you looking for sponsorship? <laughs> you know? Hey, if you this know is sign that eventually is adapted into a movie, sign, <laughs> yeah. they're going to like that I put that in there, Dimitri. <laughs> That's right. Like every, every 15, 20 pages or every couple of scenes, you're going to have like an Apple ad, you know? <laughs> I'm not sure how Pepsi will feel about it. But... Yeah, right. <laughs> or, or uh, yeah, this scene brought to you by Laudanum. Or absinthe. <laughs> Laudanum? I just thought... I've yeah, where did you throw lot? There's not... I'm sorry. There's not a bar ever in history that would have Laudanum as a choice. <laughs> it, it really isn't. I mean, I've just heard of it before, and I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck is that? I mean, Laudanum was a widespread thing, but, like, you know, it's like liquid morphine. Yeah, <laughs> you know? And I just remember, like, thinking, like, that's such an archaic thing. I don't even think that that's something that people, I don't know, like, when was it a thing that people really used? Like, I think it was seriously, like... I think it's in, like, 19th century. 18th century. 18th, 19th century. Well, they, they keep perfecting these drugs. You know, I mean, they invented, you know, they had morphine, then, then they invented heroin to wean people off the morphine, then they invented methadone to wean people off the heroin and now they got fentanyl which you know you get addicted to instantly and die yeah. like when it's not a pain like the most effective painkiller ever you know <laughs> but no I, I i definitely was thinking where i was just like absinthe laudanum stuff like that i was trying to think of like stuff that like i wanted it to seem as like a very old vibe yeah suddenly you're in edgar Allan poe land or something you know <laughs> i wanted to seem seriously like this like you know how i say that like the hotel would almost seem like it's an actual like 
monument to splendor or something that could actually be like a historical landmark if only it wasn't so shitty i wanted to give the vibe that it had the possibility it, it's old enough mm. it's just it's it's not good enough yeah it's not noteworthy but it has that vibe and also there's nothing in la that's that old there really isn't. I mean, LA is um, all new. I mean, like, <laughs> that's know? a thing that, like, I also was trying to do a little bit with uh, Stevie because I wanted her to be from LA because it seems like no one really is actually from LA these days. Well, I mean, LA is like, you know, there's no LA prior to the 20th century, basically, you know? Yeah, As a city, I mean, it was it was like a it was nothing, you know. There, you know, it built up like around an industry, yeah. And people just, you know, they they didn't grow up there; they just live there now. Yeah, trying to reach for that dream. Yeah, so the the book finishes with them going to a movie, and interest. I was. I was like holding my breath, like she's not going to make it scream, is she? <laughs> like that would have been a total dead giveaway. <laughs> but, uh, that would have been funny. But no, no, that that wouldn't have fit the character. Although I will say, uh, Almost Famous is an in, an odd choice because Almost Famous isn't really. It's not about being a musician. It's it's about being a fan. You know, it is, and yeah. I mean, yeah. It's one of those things that I wanted, and I don't know, I guess maybe I didn't make that totally clear, where when I was discuss, uh, discussing Stevie's decision as to, like, did she want to be a musician was a sign that her mother threw yeah. on her because her mother was a fan, or does she just herself, like, passively enjoy music and everything? Because, you know, she worked at a record store, music is always around her, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess I wanted her to be someone who really is into it, but isn't into it as much professionally. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't convinced. I was pretty convinced that her and Alfie were getting back together. I wasn't as, con like, I didn't think she was going to actually go on tour, you know? I mean, I, I am curious to see how everyone else takes it. I mean, I wanted it to have a very optimistic ending. Um mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would say that when I picked Almost Famous as the movie, mm -hmm. I just kept thinking of this one monologue, and I'm trying to remember the name of the actor who who, who plays lead guitar in that one. Is it Billy Crudup? I think yeah, Billy Crudup in Stillwater. Yeah, yeah, I think Billy Crudup, who's like really befriends the Cameron Crowe stand-in. I forget Cameron Crowe's character name, but like it's Cameron Crowe. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. He gives this like whole talk, you know, as like the Cameron Crowe guy is like trying to interview him uh -huh. and talking about like what rock and roll is, but then also like pointing out the rest of the band and how they've changed and everything. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I guess I was fairly inspired by that little talk a bit. Oh, like the dangers of uh, fame and stuff? Yeah. Uh huh. But at the end, I mean, they. Cameron Crowe does continue his love of music and everything. He's more passive and everything. It's not like he's actually going to continue to be a groupie, I think. No, no. I mean, he's, well, he becomes, he becomes a, a journalist and then, and then later a filmmaker. 
but it's it's not the it's not the art that inspired him like he didn't become a rock star you know mm -hmm. so and that's yeah, a, I that's an interesting that. thing in your book yeah that it's not even though she's sort of building herself up to be this kind of like uh, singer star whatever it's not really that may not be where she ends up especially because also i kind of wanted it to be like is this just in her head is she just being like far more narcissistic does she think she's more like famous than she really is that was a question uh i had actually at various points is like i didn't get any solid indication about how many people actually know her know her music so i wasn't sure if it was just a thing that she was just that was in her head yeah it was like is she one of those people who like just suddenly had something go viral and they're like i am famous now like yeah yeah or like yeah she's a, not quite a well, you know the that movie King of Comedy, Rupert Pupkin, you know. Who, oh, who's love that got one. A, it's one of the best movies and one of the saddest movies ever. But like, mm -hmm. but a guy who has you know like a a TV set, a, a stage set in his bedroom, you know. <laughs> but it's it's the it's the fate of so many people on the internet in, in the internet age. It because, is because all these platforms inspire this kind of magical thinking that you're a star. <laughs> Just because you have a microphone and a camera, you know? And to a certain degree, it almost plays a bit into the way she was raised because her mother was determined that she was a star, if only. And you see how the mother almost always, like, mock performs, like, around her as a child until she passes out drunk. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, I, I wanted that to kind of be like that. That influences her thinking maybe a little bit. Right. I would say a lot of the book, people need to kind of read between the lines or make their own conclusions. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's I'm gl I'm glad you were, you were thinking that as well, because it was never clear to me whether she was actually even an up and coming star, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I started with the prologue with like the article, but it's one of those like these days there's almost like an article about everybody. Oh yeah, and and they uh, they disappear as quickly as they appear, you know, because yeah, to to have any kind of staying power is the real challenge of now because so much is coming at us all the time. And then, like I mentioned, like the third album bands and everything, mm -hmm. and obviously they all tend to disappear once they hit the third album because they tried to hit studio mass appeal, and then it's like, oh no, you weren't. That wasn't what people wanted. But that's okay because the later they can they they have riot fest where they can reform twenty years later so they never actually no no band ever actually breaks up anymore they're not yeah. allowed to because the internet there was will always be two super fans that insist they come back or whatever <laughs> and maybe Britney Spears eventually will come back after all could be could be it's a full circle mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't a podcast about my book this is about Brittany <laughs> yeah yeah we're just here for Brittany and free Brittany <laughs> free Brittany or what was that one like viral video where the person's like leave Brittany alone oh I didn't see yeah I, I don't I don't I don't want watch the I don't watch videos is what I don't watch I'll say 
Uh, that was one of the things <laughs> that was really popular when YouTube was yeah. first becoming a thing. Man, YouTube is such an un such a horrible uh, platform. I just I hate everything about the way it looks, the setup, the pop Lucky ads. for you, most people have abandoned it. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, yeah. They've hopped thing. on over to Twitch and TikTok. Yeah, yeah, they're all on TikTok, but n none of these things, I mean, even like in my brief five minutes back on Instagram, like all these fucking short videos with the flashing text over them and stuff, it's mm -hmm. just so ugly. Just like a desperate discount mall, you know, to me. I mean, you know, it then again almost goes to the infomercial thing, like five more minutes and the sale goes away. Yeah, that's what like I mean. That. Act now and you'll get a second set of Ginsu knives free, you know, or whatever. That was an ad that I grew up with, the Ginsu I, knives. I don't know. If I you... love the Ginsu knives. Okay, want, you know about I'd the love Ginsu. some. I'm if sure they're cheap I as shit. I had like one of those I, wedding I showers. That's where you were. That would be your bridal registry. Just Ginsu knives up for everyone. <laughs> I know. I'd be like, and you always need some spares because I don't know why, but they're probably you, they're probably one use only. They're just above, like you know, like plastic throwaway knives. <laughs> I imagine you know, if if they're get, if they're set, shipping you five sets for like you know nineteen ninety nine, they they got to be cheap as shit. I mean, I do <laughs> one of the weirdest things that was like, my mom was like, okay, since we're not doing anything and, you know, people just want to know what to send you, mm -hmm. your brother has decided that he's going to send you sterling silver Tiffany's candlesticks. Whoa. And I was just like, please tell me you discouraged that. <laughs> and she's like, oh, no, I did. I sat him down and I was like, Mallory doesn't even eat at a table. She eats at her coffee table. Where the hell is she going to put candlesticks? Oh, you could put it in, in your bedroom or something. <laughs> like, I have no use for shit like that. But if people would like to send me a lot of fun coffee shit or just money, I'll take money. I'm a starving artist. <laughs> We're going to use this as a, as a Kickstarter, too. Not only are we promoting your book, we're, 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 we're encouraging people to send money directly to you. Like, I guess that almost is, though, isn't it? What? When people buy your book. I mean, it's just yes. you're just sending money to me and also my publisher. It's true. It's true. Your publisher, which, yeah, we can share because it's, it's up. It's with an X books from Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. I, I don't have the heart to say, because um, John has offered a few times for me to go to Cleveland to do the mini doc about the book, and we've now decided that he'll just do it when he comes here for the release party, which is still very much, we'll see what happens. But I don't have the heart to say, Cleveland is easily the shittiest place in Ohio. Wow. <laughs> and that's wow. Like, can, can we just pick another place? I'll go anywhere else in Ohio. <laughs> What do you have against Cleveland? What What did Cleveland ever it's do to so you? It's so boring. Like I, I've <laughs> been there a few times, and I honestly could say, aside from John, there is nothing there I actually like. There's the bar with the fancy hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> there's got, yeah, there's a few things in Cleveland. Uh, I've only been to Cleveland a couple of times, and not for very long. 
my Are friend. Are you gonna like make a list of like redeeming qualities yes. about Cleveland? Yeah, my 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 good friend Tracy lives in Cleveland. There's a redeeming quality. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, you don't know Tracy, but like you she's have cool. like some things where it's <laughs> yeah. like you know I think John is really cool, so I'm just like all right, you know, he's there, so I'll yeah. give that redeeming quality. But I haven't found another one yet. Is the is the uh, is the is a book tour taking you through Cleveland? <laughs> Um, so, I keep my discussions. visions to myself. R road bar barn burner express or whatever you're going to be calling it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'll come up with a much better name yeah. for it. <laughs> Although I mean, I did do a reading once where uh, with Nate Perkins where we just named it "Destroy All Human Cities." So wow, <laughs> it's not always the best, but <laughs> human it gets cities. Attentions. Human cities as opposed to what? Animal cities? Other, what other kind of cities are there? <laughs> you asked two writers who were discussing shit at like 2 a.m. Yeah. What's how many, going through how your mind? How many substances were involved by then? <laughs> <laughs> you were altered. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely one of those times where like, I know the very first time I met Nate, I was definitely like fucked up. So mm -hmm. that's, that's probably a good way to meet Nate Perkins. <laughs> He's so, like, together and healthier than I am now, or I'm just like, he's my role model. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nate Perkins is your spirit animal. Oh, yeah. See, <laughs> we're going to appropriate some more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hey, we're going to start this off with Mallory had a problematic Halloween costume as a kid, and oh, now she is a spirit animal. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, now you're trampling all over native americans <laughs> you, you start start with with ruining mexico and now you're <laughs> look what you've done i know what the hell mallory <laughs> i don't know if, are, are spirit animals uh I, I bet they're not exclusively native they're, i bet there's lots of um other cultures that have that kind of thing i imagine I'm sure they're definitely yeah. are but it is definitely something that like i think they definitely have cornered the market on that one <laughs> they get a they I, i'm actually after we hang up i'm gonna have to send a check for like 23 cents to somewhere for royal you know for tribute exactly <laughs> for appropriating that <laughs> phrase like we're sorry we don't know who else to apologize to but you guys cornered the market we'll apologize to you <laughs> i have a uh uh, a Native American friend, he's a poet, who corrected me uh, over the use of low man on the totem pole, which mm. turns out to be a, an offensive phrase to Natives, because that's not what totem poles are about. Yeah. The way that, I, that phrase that is one. used. Yeah, so I, I got corrected on that one, which I appreciated, because, you know, you, we, we all use phrases without thinking about it. Everybody does. About, about, I mean, it's just uh, like how you and I have said, like, you know, not a lot of people understand, like, oh, I got gypped out of this. Yeah. Like, not a lot of people make that connection. Yeah. You know, yep, gypped, jewed over, you know. Okay, that one's a pretty one. obvious one. <laughs> <laughs> Depends. So the, the people drop, you know, every now and then. It's, it's kind of archaic, but, like, you'll hear it every now and then. <laughs> never jewed over. I, I, I've always heard, like... Don't be such a Jew. I guess that's, that's the one I've heard more. Same concept. Same concept, <laughs> different wording. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 sort of it's unavoidable. 
that's yeah that's why uh, yeah it's it's better to have a conversation about it rather than just write a person off I, I definitely would prefer that as opposed to people just immediately being like problematic or canceled. It's like, why can't you just tell me first and be like, oh, okay, I, I mean, didn't know you that know, was offensive. Whatever, yeah. My trigger warning is words like problematic, you know? Like they just, I, I have like almost like a... Is a shiver go like down your spine? Uh, like an allergic reaction, like, like uh, hives or something. Like you, you use these words that are just... They're... Um, Search terms are like their keywords. They're talking points. They don't really mean anything anymore. They're like things like hip, calling something, somebody a hipster, you know? Mm-hmm. Hipster, dive bar, there's many of them. They don't, they're, uh, they're signposts for something, and usually it's some sort of uh, insult, mild insult, or like it puts the speaker above the, the thing or the concept, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I it's it's lazy and it's not it doesn't really say anything in mm-hmm. the end. I I feel like that's where I I guess maybe semi relatedly like the the thing with the brand names, you know, mm-hmm. takes me out of a of out of a story, you know. I've had it where yeah, I I definitely will throw my preferred brand names in there but also just because it does seem to be a very prevalent thing especially with gen z that they really like stating their brand mm. i think i shared uh, this is one of our other talks maybe a horror cast one where somebody wrote this thing about how i forget if they were talking about millennials or gen z about in, in lieu of a personality what what their identity is is the products that they use like if Basically. you use if you use this combination of products this will say what you are or who you are which is like one of the saddest things i've ever heard in my life mm-hmm. like i'm sorry yeah. what the f- fucking soap you use or what brand computer you use says very very little about you except about your consumer habits you know and if all you are is a consumer then like i, I feel sorry for you you know what i mean I, I, I do like the fact that the way you first stated it, it kind of sounded a little Tyler Durden from uh, Fight Club, but Which I'm happy what? you ended Oh, You're not like the product you buy or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will oh, oh, this is a, another thing that, yeah, I noted. Yeah, you had the whole, uh, my, my pal Irvin Welsh will be so pleased that you, you cited, you did the whole choose, litany of choose things, choose life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Was my old buddy. I miss him. I used I used to go to uh, matinees at the Music Box with him when he lived in Chicago. Oh, that's lit. Very yeah, cool. he lived down the street from the Music Box when he lived in Chicago, and uh, we would go. Yeah. Well, then tell him to get a copy, or I will send him a copy. Yeah, man, that guy is on, He's on book tour, or movie tour, or TV tour, or DJing tour. He's like a. He's just a publishing producing machine i never know where he is now that does actually go into originally when i was saying that i uh cut nick's name is because on another podcast with him he was talking about train spotting Mm, a lot and i was like god damn it people you stop like doing stuff that i already wrote yeah you had a whole page of riff on the choose the train spotting (laughs) thing 
<laughs> yeah. I thought that was, like, fun. I mean, it definitely sounded like the most, like, douche bro thing to say in a serious context. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that guy is quite a character. Irvin. He, he really will. Yeah. Irv, I mean, yeah, he's larger than life. It's a very I, I I enjoy talking to people who watch Train Spotting. Yeah. I've never read it. Um I've watched it mm. like twice. Once I was very high and then the second time I was like I'm going to try and give it the go. Did you see there's I mean there's a bunch of stuff adapted from his books. There's one uh with uh one called uh Filth. That's oh. pretty good. I haven't seen that. About a corrupt cop with uh I forget that actor's name. You'd you'd recognize him. It came out a few years ago. Filth was pretty good. Let Mallory look up Filth. Yeah. That played at the music box. I, I love it's the picture music of him box. like riding a pig or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh what is that actor's name? Shit. James McAvoy? Yeah, that guy, yeah. It actually has a good it has Jamie Bell in it too. We got some good yeah, people. Check that one out. Yeah. <laughs> you might enjoy it. Hey, it's available on Peacock and Tubi. Yeah. There you go. there's your afternoon. <laughs> no, I still have to watch our horror movie for tomorrow. Oh, me too. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why one of the reasons I wanted us to do the book talk first, because it was already in my mind, and yeah. I, I didn't want uh, the the movie thing to start invading it and confusing things. Otherwise, Likewise. I'd be, I'd be start talking about this whole theme of the signal in your book, and it's like, oh shit, that's the movie. That's not... <laughs> like when you said that, like you're reading my book. I was like, oh, we're probably gonna flip those dates then. Yeah, it's it's better. Because yeah, then then I can yeah I, I just I don't have that much bandwidth or I don't have that much capacity in my head you know I can't it's better when something is top of mind you know mm -hmm. that's why I also yeah I can I can hold this uh, and not not put it up till whenever it's up to you, uh, you know? oh John says put it up whenever oh really yeah oh he's oh yeah we you guys I'll 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 put a link to the presale on it uh, I've got yeah yeah maybe next week. How's Yay. next week? Is next week okay? That sounds good for me. Because, yeah, I, yesterday, yeah, I queued up. Uh, I had a conversation with my ongoing thing that I've been recording, this traumatic childhood thing with my, my friend. The series of series of podcast talks. But, yeah, yeah, uh, we're, we're not doing it next week. So, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, probably next Wednesday. That'll be a very different, like, change of pace. Yeah. Podcast. Well, yeah, yeah. My my podcast is whenever and whatever I want it to be. I mean, half the time is just me reading shit in Russian. So you know, <laughs> I clearly, I, I, enjoy I clearly, reading I, I clearly do not care. I have about my brand. You know. <laughs> After, well, I guess we'll never know what brand you are. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not any fucking brand. <laughs> Yeah, well, cool. Uh, I, th I, th I think we did it. <laughs> you know? yeah, is there anything else about Steve or anything you want to know? All good? No, no, I think, you know, yeah, maybe yeah, oh. if I have other, what? Yeah, did you, you, you have? Music? I, I, I have one thing I want to know. Um, you do music, so did you understand the last page? The last page? Oof. The music notes? 
Shit. I forget. Let, let me look. One, one second. <laughs> and by the way, um, the it's an acronym. If you know, you know. Yes. Uh, there was uh, actually, yeah, somewhere earlier on you had that. And if I think you skipped a letter in the. Yeah, if yeah, the if you know you know, yeah. Yeah. So did did you catch on like what song that is? No. What is it? Tiny Dancer. Oh. Yeah, I, I I've been wanting to know like people because I, I I know a lot of people who are musicians. Oh oh, you mean read? Like, oh. I I I haven't read music since I was a kid. I I can't. No, I I would. It's it. I'm so out of practice with that stuff. No. No, so yeah. the, so that, that that's a that's a nice uh, little Easter egg kind of thing, you know. The other I'm, thing I'm like dying to know, like obviously, I'm not saying like right now or whatever, but every chapter is named after uh, is a song lyric from a song that I think fits the chapter. Mm, cool. Yeah. No, I I, I didn't. So. I, I wondered about the the uh, the chapter names. The, but like I, they're all a song lyric from a song that I think would be a good companion to that chapter. But just as I mean, the good thing about you know when you're writing something and and then you you drop in like a name like 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 the whole thing with when we we're talking about Alfie, you know, like what I thought of Alfie was totally different than where you came from, uh, you know. But I, I don't even I don't know that song that you're talking about. I've never heard it. I don't know that band really. It's I, a B side. So. Oh, is it? It's not deep, a very popular song, I don't deep think. Deep cut. Is is the song yeah. about the character Alfie or no? Where is it? It's actually. Uh... <laughs> you know that movie, right? The movie yeah, Alfie. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but no, it's like a love song, sort of. Yeah. About a jerk. So I, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> Alfie's a jerk. <laughs> It's definitely a very funny thing where the music video actually is a play on uh, the ending of When Harry Met Sally. Oh, okay. Too. So I was just like, oh, th th this is interesting. Kind of like the inevitability and everything of people going back together. And it's like, oh, maybe if I do name the ex-boyfriend Alfie, it might actually put that up in the air. So who knows if some, anyone at all will make that leap. Some rom-com tropes. Yeah. Yeah, I... I'll admit it. I mean, I, I'm a sucker for a good rom-com. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Dude, so is when Harry met Sally, is that is that the favorite? Uh, no. See, now I'll say it right here. Uh, trigger warning, Dimitri. That's actually a little problematic, as is my favorite rom-com. You've is? got mail. Why, why is trigger warning problematic? What did when Harry met Sally do to wrong the culture? Um, I thought it was actually really interesting how people said it, but I will say it goes against somewhat of my beliefs that I do believe men and women could be friends, but I just think in that story, I thought it was, you know, Meg Bryan and Billy Crystal, mm -hmm. they're always like, that was their dynamic. Like I, I understood that. I don't think that that's a blanket rule, but a lot of people say that that kind of perpetuates like friend, uh, rape culture. And I was just like, really? What? But, yeah. There, the, I read a whole that, ass article, and I've had people like say it to me too. And I, I think like, I think that's that's that, a leap. That's a problem in their lives. That's not 
like the the thing that art you know any kind of art does it suggests or like it it you know i th i've said this before i think the job of art is to like point the mirror at the reader or the viewer you know what i mean to to make them see themselves in it it's it's not, so that's they say that like Billy Crystal was like friend zoning and everything and it's like I, I don't know I guess I didn't really see that I just saw two people who were very close to each other and they just didn't know that they belonged together right that's which I think is a very cutesy idea and then with you've got mail a lot of people are upset that Tom Hanks's character gaslights uh, another fun term people <laughs> love to use right Meg Ryan oh super overused played out like yeah let, let let's cancel gaslight let's cancel cancel let's cancel problematic <laughs> and trigger and let's actually have conversations about this shit you know what i mean <laughs> uh, it's like that, sometimes something that's how you you're get like, past oh, it <laughs> that's red flag behavior but it's like isn't that what makes a movie good though sometimes and you know what, the, the people that are the most strident and kind of puritanical about this, what they're doing is, and this is also probably a cliche by now, but it's virtue signaling. They're making oh. sure that everybody else, like in the, that's listening to them knows like, that, that they're on the correct side, the right side, and whether they are or not, or what they think, because we don't know what they actually think or what their motives are. And they do it to a point where you feel for shaming like you, other people, you know. Yeah, like where you can't kind of stand up and be like, "But I love this movie." <laughs> yeah. If you find, so, I think yeah. it's so fucking. It's great when you find something you like, and then to be made to feel ashamed for liking it. Like I, I, I will absolutely go to bat for somebody like somebody expresses that they love something and I hated it. I love that they love it. You know what I mean? That's more interesting to me than that we have a disagreement, you know, oh, definitely. Like, like I, I think it's great that you love scream. I don't think much of it, but like, it's fantastic, <laughs> you know, that you found this thing that means something to you and has for a long, that you return to. And what's fun is that you never, <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, if you really want to go therapy wise, you never really know what it is that made you love it, but no. something made you love it. And yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's, some of that kind of, those kinds of themes are really a lot of what your book is about, I think, too. I was about to say, yeah, <laughs> like she doesn't exactly know why she's doing what she's doing, but she's doing it. Yeah, and she's trying to find out if it's a thing she wants to keep doing or not, and we don't know. Yeah, and in the process, she's just living life the best she can, and she's meeting people that kind of enlighten her a little bit more and maybe fit with her more than the people that she's been around before that there you go now yeah. <clears throat> everybody has to go immediately to with the next books and pre-order uh i keep my visions to myself and so you can s spread the visions <laughs> there's there's one more infomercial for you <laughs> i dig it <laughs> cool well so we'll talk tomorrow about the signal huh